With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Are you ready for a reboot? Welcome to the Sheila Mack Show. Reality at its finest. History reminds us those hit hardest often become the change makers. This year, we've all hit crazy economic, social, and emotional rock bottoms. We all get knocked down. Something hits globally, locally, personally. It affects our health, finances, our relationships. We have to recreate a business or career. Each show, Sheila and her special guest will be sharing their reboot stories, guiding you with real solutions to upgrade and up-level emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, and financially. Here on NBC's KCAA Radio, Mondays at 1 and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Pacific Time. If you're ready to pull yourself up by the bootstraps and bra straps, enjoy a listen. Here's Sheila. Welcome to the Sheila Mack Show, reality at its finest. Here we have real people sharing real stories and actionable steps to help you reinvent, rebuild, and reboot your business and personal life on your terms. I'm your host, Sheila Mack, and today we have special guest, Joe Ryan. Joe has been a life on a lifelong journey of overcoming trauma, shame, and the demons that plague him from his childhood. He turned his mission outward, helping other people to conquer their traumatic past through his podcast, It's Not You, It's Your Trauma, and one-on-one coaching. Joe is paving the way for people to heal. He is bearing his soul publicly to extend a hand to people who might feel stuck or frozen in their healing journeys. There are coaches out there who strive to do the same, but what sets Joe apart is that his voice embodies such compassion and warmth when you hear it, it permits you to feel whatever you need to feel to progress on your emotional journey. All right. Welcome to the show, Joe. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. And this this show is based on my new best-selling book, Bootstraps and Bra Straps, the formula to go from rock bottom back into action in any situation. And this year, we have been hit globally with just about every situation you can imagine. So I like to start off the show by asking you, if you have had a time in your life um, or your business where you hit a tough situation and how you personally got back on track. Yeah, I had a very successful um, accessory business for gadgets. I don't really want to mention the brand name, but um, I was doing really well and kind of on top of the world. And then the the recession kicked in, gas went up to $5 a gallon and the maker of the device opened up at the mall and I went from 
2.5 million in sales one year to 400,000 the next. And with the, all the overhead, it was just uh-huh. too much to bear. I had to close up shop. Um, and it was just a downward spiral from there. See, for me, I was always chasing something, you know, I was running away from the demons, the, you know, the bad body reactions. And it was chasing something to give me some kind of wholeness. When I started to look for what the wholeness was in me, where I was fractured, that's when the healing started. And it's not about chasing, it's about being. And the more that you can be and the more that you can own who you are, you will find the path you're supposed to be on, even if it's not the one you thought you were going to have. Right. Yes. And that's the first formula in my book, the Boots formula, Boots, the first, the B is for being. And all I'm doing, it's who I'm being. It's how I'm showing up, whether I'm cleaning my house, doing a job I don't even like for a minute, you know, helping family and friends, whatever I'm doing, it's who I'm being and how I'm showing up. And that mantra was something that came to me when I lost my house in a house fire and lost everything in 2017. Uh, My car got lost. My cat died in the, you know, everything happened at once. And I was like, oh, this, I got demoted like you, like, you know, got demoted really fast. And I was like, what just happened? And, and to get back on track, I needed to hold on to those kind of realities. It's not about what you have or don't have, or what your business is or not doing this year. It's about who you're being and how you're showing up. That's going to really make a difference. Right. I mean, if you strip everything away from outside of you that made you who you were, when that's gone, you don't know who you are anymore. So being appreciative of the fact that you're actually breathing and you have people around you and you can move forward. It's that getting stuck that people have so much trouble with because it's it's like water dripping on a rock. Over time, we have acquired and built up this life. And when it goes away in a snap of a finger, it is just shock. It's the rugs pulled out from under you and you're starting at scratch. And as an adult, you need to be at a certain point to survive. It's not like you're a kid and you work your way up to this point. You are just starting over as an adult. And when you start, we're in a comparative world. So you start looking at somebody else's yard and theirs looks really nice. And you're looking at yours with just ashes and burnt wood. It's a long road back. Yes, yes. And the insurance does not pay much. They just pay no. off what you owe. <laughs> really. Right. You get I've, been paying, <laughs> I've been paying into this for years. Isn't it time I get something back? Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> so, yes, that's so true. And, you know, one of the things I did want to share about that I did not know back then, and I'm kind of the um, unofficial sponsor for the 211. I don't know if you've heard of 211, but 211 is something if you're listening in, this is really important, whether it's for yourself or loved one, maybe you have employees, this is really important to post. If you Google 211 and your state or province in Canada, you will get your resources for your state. So that's food banks, that's help with rental assistance, uh, mortgage assistance, it's help with finding a job, uh, all kinds of mental health resources all listed there, help for veterans. So it's all in one location now. I didn't even know about that could have like maybe helped me. So <laughs> so that's something that maybe you've never had to look for a resource like that to kind of get back on your feet. And that's okay. It is okay to ask for help when you need it. And it's really great to have that resource to offer a family friend or loved one 
that's really struggling at a tough situation where maybe they don't, maybe they need food on the table today, or they have somebody that's really having a mental health issue with now we have stay at home orders again in certain places and businesses going out that were in business for 35 plus years and now they're gone. And so, you know, there's a lot going on out there. So if you can share that or keep that, keep that in mind to share with somebody, I think about, you know, a, a rabbi or a pastor, they, they help their whole congregation, their whole group of people. They don't do everything for everyone, but they always had those resources and they'd say, okay, here's this help this and here's that number. And that's, but this is something now that they've created that's available for everyone. And the problem is nobody knows about it. I think I've served I, like half the people have never heard of this. And it's it's so great. You just Google it and you'll see it. <laughs> and, and so it can help a lot of people. And it's it's like it's those little steps that can make a difference. Somebody needs to get this is help with addictions. They'll give you um, resources to get you help with addictions. And then you can get into a program. You can work with Joe. You can work with me. You can work with different people. But, you know, you might need something that's really important now to get you to that first level, to get to ground zero to start. Well, it's all, it's, you know, it, it's really difficult to ask for help. You know, you have to go through your pride and your ego and, and humble yourself. And, you know, the whole growth and, and moving forward and becoming unstuck is getting into that vulnerability of actually being able to ask for help without feeling shame. And I guess, you know, with everything that's going on now, you would hope that people would get to the point where if they are struggling, they're going to reach out. I mean, I've never, you couldn't even imagine this ever happened, but the whole world is kind of in the same headspace, so to speak, because we're all facing the same thing at the same time. I don't think that's ever happened that I could think of. And if at this point, we need to be reaching out. You need to be checking in on people who live alone. Now, I live by myself 16 hours a day. I wake up and I'm like, how do I kill the the next 16 hours, you know, if you don't have that lifeline of people, because I mean, humans just are our, our native instinct is to connect. And mm -hmm. what's going on now is we are disconnecting and addiction and alcoholism has gone through the roof in the past year. So keep reaching out and keep checking on people that you, you know, and you care about. Yes, it's, it's very true. And I mean, this year alone, I have, I have um, six children, three, I adopted three that are my own, that, that, you know, they're all grown now. And five children that I've known that are in their 20s have passed away from either drug abuse or suicide, three suicides wow. in a year. And they're people that kids that my kids knew that that hung out at my my home when they were growing yeah. up, you know, that they went to private schools. They, you know, right. they had the best but they just had things going on. And this year was a lot. It, it is a lot. And, we, you know, you learn that how difficult it is to sit with yourself for long periods of time. Mm -hmm. Social interaction is huge. There is so much suicide going on right now. It is so hard to sit contained and just you kind of feel like a caged animal. You feel like you're within an emotional prison. 
and not being able to interact and not being able to connect that loneliness and that sadness kicks in and the wheels start spinning in your head and it's, it could be just a spiral. So it goes back to, again, asking and reaching out for help when you need it. People find that so difficult. We live in a society where, you know, needing help is looked on so negatively that people fear it. And the end result is just horrific at times. Right. And I think the other thing that I found that's very helpful is to start calling all your friends, texting, emailing, whatever you can do to connect whenever you feel down or tempted to get back into an addiction or whatever it is that you're struggling with. Connect with people in a way that's of service giving back from a heart space because when you're in a space of giving it's kind of hard to be in a in, in depressed depression at the same time and all of a sudden like i mean honestly for me i've had that at the beginning of the year when we were locked in the house for three months and we couldn't even leave where the state we were in and it was like okay i'm gonna call people today and I would just, you know, I would message people, text people, and then I'd be on the phone. And the next thing you know, I was happy. And I was, and they were like, I was lonely too. And I was going through it. And we would start connecting that way. So that's another way to really, you get out of your own head and into your heart again. And it really has helped. It, it's too easy to get comfortable isolating after a certain mm -hmm. amount of time. And I think when you cross that line, it's hard to go back the other way. Yeah. You know, I, I got my son hates me right now because like I, I FaceTime him every day. And the first thing I say is I'm ridiculously bored. He's like, I got it. <laughs> I've been getting the same message for two weeks, but you know, it's just a fun way to interact instead of sitting here. Like it's, I don't want to say in my head, I don't want to bother him. Maybe he's busy. Maybe he's the, you know, reach out, take the chance. Don't don't sit in your own sadness and don't stew in your own head because that just will spiral at times. Right, right. That it really does make a difference. Now, Joe, I'd love to hear more about some of what you're doing to work with people, how you work with people, um, and what what that process looks like. If someone's interested to get started in that, what would that look like? Uh, most of the people find me through the podcast um, and then they, I have them, you know, fill out, send me an email and then we'll do a zoom and we'll just see if it's a right fit. You know, not everybody, every coach or every therapist is going to be a right fit for the, for each person. And so we do about 15, 20 minute call and based on how they feel, they'll either continue or not. And mm -hmm. they, they go to the website, they'll schedule times that they want to, uh, that they're available and we do it over over zoom mostly or facetime and especially now with the pandemic people are, are completely isolated i'm i'm dealing with people in australia uk uh, just all over the world canada you know i'm in new york so it's kind mm -hmm. of interesting hearing other people's stories about the pandemic in other countries and I think now business, you know, I, I put a limit on how many people I take on because there is a burnout factor um, when you're coaching people through trauma. So I try to keep it uh, limited so that I'm sharp on my skills and I don't I don't get burnt out. But it I think now it's needed more than ever. I'm, I'm starting to build up a slight waiting list. Um, just I think people are just they need to reach out. They need to connect. And I think they feel like they need to connect on a deeper level than just idle chit chat or small talk. Right. Yes. Yes. And that sounds wonderful. That that's a good thing to do. And it's important to have. I know that 
this year also, one of the things that happened in our family is my youngest son did pass away of Wolf Parkinson White syndrome, which is a heart condition. Oh, man. I'm so he sorry. He, he passed away December 2019. And it was really hard on, on us. My, my youngest yeah. daughter came. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VTW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Came home because they were like best friends. And she said, I'm just, I need to move in with you again and just yeah. take a minute, you know, and... And so I've enjoyed having her home and all that, but we've, we've had to go through this whole healing process. And that, that was a big thing. And we thought, wow, when I had everybody together, that's the one thing my daughter says was if ever there was a year that we needed a universal pause, it was this year. And so there's a gift in everything for us. It was that family time. It was, we wanted to keep going. We are type A we're a type A family. We do a lot. You know, we're all yeah. work and go to college and dorms and, and the colleges are closed. And so now people are home with, you know, doing school online. And, and so it's different. It's re- I think it's harder for those of us that were out a lot. <laughs> and- it, it, it definitely is sitting <laughs> when you don't have your outlets. That's what I found most about this experience is I know what my outlets are. I go and do them when I feel like I'm I'm crawling out of my skin and I need to like be social and get out there. It's just easy. I get on the train and I'm done. Now it's, you, you know, you just kind of look it out your window going, well, I got nowhere to go and nothing to do. So I guess I'm going to have to sit with this a while. And the phone calls get interesting because it's like, how much am I really reporting on at this point? You know, mm-hmm. I call my buddy up and I'm like, listen, I made it from the bed to the couch, the couch to the <laughs> kitchen, the kitchen to the bedroom. I'll call you in a week with the same report. You know, there's really not much going on to have the conversation. So it is a lot of time sitting with yourself and with your feelings. And I've tried to make the best use out of that because I've never really had to sit this long. I like to keep moving. I like to keep, you know, I like to keep just one step ahead of my nervous system. (laughs) You know what I mean? And now it's like, you just, the brakes are put on and you have to sit with it. So that for me, that's, you know, that's the silver lining for me is that I'm actually getting to know myself on a level that I would not have been able to, if all of this wasn't going on because you're sitting there and I'm thinking I could, I would do the same thing every couple of weeks. I'm like, yeah, I'll be back to normal soon. And then a couple of weeks go by and that, that sense of reality just slaps me in the face. And I'm like, no, this is a long haul. You better get used to being alone and being isolated. So you can, you can fight it or you can embrace it and try to work through it. Yes. I mean, for me, this radio show and then all the courses I teach and, working with other people. I do a whole bunch of free courses with women in shelters and and different things as well. And it's really helped me. Like it's blessing me as much as I'm helping other people. It blesses me with connection and with that social connection because I'm very social. And so for me, it's like, okay, that's what I needed. And And when you, I'm sorry. Well, I was just gonna say when you help people on, on, um, 
when you're giving and you're helping, it's even, it's that emotional level. There's mm -hmm. that connection, you know, underneath where it's like a human connection. So you have the social connection with other people, but when you're, when you're giving back and you're helping, there's a whole undercurrent that just fills you with this great energy and lifts you up. It is so important. And that's the scary part now is everybody's so isolated and that connection's broken mm -hmm. and it's just causing a lot of, you know, sadness and depression and addiction. Yes. And I'd love to hear maybe um, a typical day, like, do you do meditation, exercise? How do you work in all those things to help you with your mindset um, as you've figured out how to get from a rock bottom back on track? What what things, what tools did you use and what does your typical day look like as far as those things go? Well, when I hit bottom, I, you know, showering and making coffee was, you know, a three day event. I would just sit there and, you know, I didn't have the energy for it. So I would just slowly start adding one thing on here, one thing there. And, you know, I was never a big exercise guy, but I started walking and then I started hiking and then I started biking. So right now it's cold here in New York. So biking is really not an option. But I got up to biking 60 miles, uh, 60 miles a week in the city. That became kind of my meditation. I would spread out a blanket in Central Park and I would actually meditate there. Um, being out in nature, trails, lakes, hikes and, and biking, I find nature and exercise just so freeing and so clearing in, in so many ways, physically, mentally, emotionally, but it, it was hard. I mean, I was a guy that didn't exercise at all. I was a workaholic, 16 hours a day. I was eating Krispy Kremes and drinking coffee and Coke around the clock. Like, you know, it was just, I was in bad shape physically. So it was weaning off of just bad, in, bad stuff going into my body and starting to slowly put better stuff in and getting off the couch and start moving a little to the point where I don't really want to sit around anymore. And that was most of my life was a, kind of like a little, you know, on my downtime, it was just couch potato. Now it's get up and go, but it's, it's that it's a slow process. If, if I was to sit here and say, I want to be in shape and I want to be running this much and I can't really make it around the block without getting winded, I'm not going to get off the couch, mm -hmm. be excited and be happy. And, you know, give yourself some credit for actually lacing up the shoes, getting out there. And even if it's a half a block and yeah. just keep doing that a couple of days a week, you will build on it. It's everything is just a slow process. You will get there. It's it's relearning and remapping your brain to to learn what you the new you it will enjoy because the old me wasn't really happy. So I don't want to go back to those things. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's one thing. Uh, there's there's a um, spiritual energetic chiropractor. He works with with Tony Robbins. Um, his name is Donnie Epstein, and I I've gone to all his programs and. He says that sometimes when things fall apart, they reorganize to something even better and they needed to, to really get us on track. And I really feel like as a, as a world, we're reorganizing, hopefully to something much better. And it's painful whenever the other thing Donnie says a lot is it's painful when you're not on track and you will keep getting roadblocks. You will keep getting pain because you're not on your purpose and your path until right. correct until you do that reorganizing and that's really a painful thing to have to do but once you do it you have that peace it is it's an inward process so i, I you know i like to call it original pain 
you know, what the abuse and trauma that happened causes scars and pain. And, you know, when, if it happens when you're young, you don't know how to process it yeah. or self-soothe or emotionally deal with it. So we kind of cut it off from ourselves and we push it down and bury it. And that's the coping skill that we learn going through life is we keep burying it. So within us, we are completely overrun with all these emotions that we've never dealt with. So there's no room for anything new. Something You put a feather on me, I'm going to collapse because I have no more room. Mm -hmm. So if we start to go in and remap and reorganize and start to process the pain and the hurt and the anxiety and the feelings, you, it's, it's a grieving process. You yeah. feel that original pain, you grieve the sadness, and then you release it. And then you're just emotionally a thousand pounds lighter when things do come up in your path. As they come up, you can process them easily because you've learned that I don't have to bury this mm -hmm. and pretend it's not there. I can actually work through it, be, have an understanding of it and make myself okay with what had happened. And now I have even more coping skills going forward. Yes. And I, I think that for, for my family and I, like I had mentioned, losing my son this year, my, my daughter's studying psychology. So we both d did a lot of work in studying psychology and this and that together even. And that really helped us because one of the things I was like, everybody has permission to scream, to yell, to cry, to grieve. I'm, I'm paying for everybody to get grief counseling as much as you need. That means this December when we started having, you know, okay, it's the anniversary date. Oh, this is hard. Call the grief counselor again. Right. Need to. And it was that, Yes, that doesn't mean we're stuck in it all the time, but it's we have that time where as a family or individually, or if you need to wake me up at three in the morning because you're you just need to cry and talk, we're gonna do that. And we did a lot of that this year. And I know that that's really helped. It, do, it doesn't mean that it goes away. You learn to live with a loss like that. It doesn't ever go away, especially yeah. as a parent. But but it's something that if you keep it inside, that's when you start getting ill. You get, you know, sickness, physical sickness. You're, you're not, like you said, your CPU, if your computer is so full, you can't process information anymore. Right. And right. then one little thing happens and it's over. You can't, you can't deal. I mean, imagine we did the funeral in, in January because of the holidays. And then a few months later, we're waking up and COVID hit. And we were right. like, are you serious? Are you serious? It's a global pandemic. Wait a minute. We're just like starting to like crawl again. And, and so we had, but because we did a lot of that emotional, like we gave ourselves permission to feel. Yeah. And right. society's like, okay, you've grieved for like a month. You should be good. Right. <laughs> get, get back to work, start feeding the system, paying your taxes, all of that. No, I still need to grieve and heal, but there's no, there's no leeway there. It, it, if you don't grieve it, it's energy emotions is what emotions are. If you just bury them, all that energy is in there. You're spending so much time and effort keeping them stuffed down. I can't agree more. You have to allow yourself to feel, see, we will schedule dinners. We will schedule nights out. We will schedule good times and parties, but we never schedule time to feel bad. Right. That was part of my process. I, my boss would be like, what are you doing Tuesday night? I'm like, my kids are going back to their moms. They said, it is my night to feel horrible. 
I need to process whatever had happened this week because if I don't make time for it, I'm never going to get to it. So I would schedule once a week, every Tuesday night to sit, throw the phone in a drawer and lay in bed and just allow whatever I was feeling to come up. And after doing that for a year and a half, it just, the process got easier. I gave myself permission to feel like crap mm -hmm. at least one day a week instead of feeling those feelings come up going, oh God, I'm not feeling, this isn't good. Okay, let's mood alter. Let's get out of this. No, let's sit with it. Because you, if, if you're running, you will always be running. Yes. If you slow down, you will feel the feelings, but you have to immerse yourself in them. They almost have to take you over get you to the point where you're crying and sobbing and grieving, and then you're done. Mm -hmm. It's out of you. Does it still hurt when you think about it? Yeah, but you're, you can think about it now. You're right. not avoiding it. So I think that, I think it's great. And the fact that you're, you know, you had your daughter come back to be with you and you guys could work out that grief together because yeah. grieving, I mean, there's a certain amount of grief work you do need to do alone, yeah. But man, that grief work when, when with other humans is so powerful and so healing. Yes. And puppies. We got a puppy too. Yeah. And I'm telling you, there is something. So a lot of people adopted a pet this year. I thought I was done yeah. with pets. I was like, okay, I got health to myself. No pets. Nobody's, I'm not cleaning up after anything anymore. Right. I've got this dog that like owns me now. <laughs> and, <laughs> And it's our and my daughter says no. We got to get a dog, and it's going to be our therapy dog. And it's you know, and it's just and she was right. I was like, oh no, okay, but you know, you can't say no with the situation like you know what we were going through. I was like, okay, I will say yes to the dog. And the next thing you know, the dog's taking over the house, but but in a beautiful way, and and it's really healing. So maybe if you're out there and alone. There's many programs now where maybe you don't want a full-time dog, but you can actually help foster a pet uh, because there's some people are letting pets go as well. So there's fostering a pet or, you know, check with your humane societies and see if there's a pet available because even that, if you're alone, like you need something to physically hug. Yeah. I, I'm not, I mean, <laughs> how how, gr how great is it to love without fear of abandonment? Yes. Like your dog's never going to leave. You know, you can love and be yourself and have no walls and not guarded. That free flowing of, of love and energy, it, it's so important. So if you need to do it with a pet where you could just pet it, play with it, and you know it's always there for you and you're there for them, it it's such an amazing feeling. It is so healing. Yes. So that's really helpful and important. Of course, don't buy a gift like a pet for somebody. Make sure they want pet first because <laughs> that's happened. And then the people turn the pets in to the right. main society. And that's another big thing that we're really involved with um, fostering and rescuing pets. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a it's a commitment and you really need to put it into a home where you can have the time and the care and the love and the effort that it deserves. Definitely. And, and it will give you, I mean, there's studies that show that if you have a dog or a cat that you live longer. And I thought about it and I thought, okay, well, this is because the, the dog makes me get up and take walks. It has literally got like the dog knows the minute I'm going to sit down, 
It's like, nope, you cannot sit on... Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires goal for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC. I can't even get to the sofa and it's like, I got to go. I want to take a walk. I want to go play. I'm going to get disruptive if you don't play with me. And so it's like my my personal trainer now. <laughs> it's like forcing me to take long walks and get outside in the sunshine. I think that's what it is. It's, it's it, absolutely. You get a little more exercise, you get motivated, you do more and, you know, you get to access a part of your heart and soul that it's readily available at any moment. You know, your pet's there. You can just play with it, pet it, you know, it'll sit on your lap. There's just, you, you sit in a place that we don't really sit in most of the time if we don't have pets. And I find that that is very healing, being able to go to that empathetic, compassionate, loving place within yourself and exercise that muscle in, in a way where you're not fearing rejection or anything else. It's just, you're completely open. And yeah. I think emotionally that is very healing. Now, I was wondering, um, what books do you recommend or have you been reading and studying this year? I know that one of the most important things is connecting to people that are really positive. And sometimes through books, uh, podcasts, different different ways, we can connect and, and learn even when we're stuck at home and maybe even more this year than ever. It's, it's tough because I don't know where people are in their process. So when I started at the beginning, I was reading like um, Louise Hay and uh, Scott Peck, and then it was Eckhart Tolle and... Teal Swan. So as I've gone on, I've gone to deeper and deeper uh, writers. So if somebody's dealing with um, emotional incest, it would be this book. If it's anxiety, it's that book. If it's trauma, it, it's this book. It's it's a lot of experimentation um, for the person. Like I would just throw out a lot of suggestions and say, go look at these people and find the one that speaks to you. Because I have people that suggest books to me all the time, 10 pages in. I, I know it's not for me. It's not that it's a bad book. It's just this wasn't my experience. And trauma and abuse is so personal in a healing yes. process that you need to find somebody that speaks your language. I mean, a lot of people don't speak my language, you know, and that's why I was talking about with the coaching before. Sometimes it's not a right fit. They're not ready or I'm doing a different approach than they used to. So it's, it's really difficult to kind of recommend. I do like the completion process by Teal Swan. Um, 
you know, the four agreements was good. So that's a little bit on the lighter side. So it depends where you are. Cause when you first start the recovery, it's, it's, you're, you're, you're not at a deep place. You're peeling away top layers. So you can read the AA big book. If, if you're, if your first layer is unpeeling the addiction, you go there. I would never send you, you know, someplace else if that's where you had to go. It's really hard. I would have to, for me, I have to get a, a better feel for the person before I would really recommend anything specific. Right. Yes. Yes, that is. So that's so true. And I know that for us, reading is really important. We also do a lot of my, my family and I, we do a lot of audiobooks. And yeah. we have this whole, we ho- we have this process where we'll do a bunch of audiobooks and we'll listen to them fast. And yeah. you start, you're able to listen to them really fast because your your brain can record and listen to it faster than you could read it, believe yeah. it or not. And, and then if it's really interesting and it's like, oh, this is something I need to go deeper into, then we'll buy the physical book and we'll like literally highlight things and yeah. maybe start a reading club with a certain book or whatever and go through that process and have fun with it that way. And I mean, we're readers, so that's the thing. And we we learned about the Audible. And so now I actually put my book on Audible and it's it sells two to one over the nice. physical book. So it's interesting. So people do like to listen and it saves time that way. A lot of times I'll be doing other chores around the house or things I need to do, taking care of that puppy for one. <laughs> and, <laughs> And I have something on that's educating my mind and that's keeping me distracted from problems. So that's the other good thing with when you're, when you're, it's like you're fueling your body with healthy food and you fuel your mind with healthy information. And the audio audio books are are incredible. Um, Even walking, like I'll listen to podcasts or audio books that would have just been dead time for me Mm -hmm. to squirrel around in my head for an hour or two. You're absorbing information and it even, you know, those times you check out where you're like, wait, I haven't been listening for about six minutes. Your brain's still hearing it. It's still getting in there. It's still absorbing. It's still processing. And I like to uh, like, before bed, I'll, I'll turn an audio book on or a podcast or a meditation tape, and it'll usually play, you know, however long, if it's six hours or whatever. So it's some, it's still soaking in as I'm, I'm going along, but I do find, uh, my buddy wrote a book and his audio book is doing way better than the print version because it's just so much easier and so much more. I mean, we're in a fast paced world, even with COVID, everybody's got the short attention span with the phones. So the reading has definitely taken a backseat to listening. Yes. And I, I would like to ask you now, so you have your reading time. Do you do a meditation at all or do you have a meditation process? I do. In the summer, it's outdoors in the park. Uh, I'll go in nature. I'll find a nice, quiet place. Um, in the winter, I got to be honest with you, when I'm in the house, I tend to do it less. Um <laughs> So I try to make some time uh, early evening when the day I'm never, I'm not good in the morning. Like I'm just not. So like, like I got to get my day started. I got to get moving or the anxiety's kicking in. So after dinner, you know, before I kind of settle in on the couch, I will grab an hour, but I think mostly lately it's been right before bed. I just Mm kind of throw the phone away for a little bit and I get quiet within myself. I see what surfaces. um, And then 
you know, I'll write about it or just kind of process it the next couple of days, depending on how much and how painful it is <laughs> of what I discover at that moment. But right. definitely more of a nature meditation guy outdoors, uh, the birds, that's just the air. It, it, it relaxes me. Yes. And we are a direct reflection of our peer group. Did you find that as you changed your life and got back from a rock bottom back into your new life, did you change your peer group? Um, I don't know if I changed them or they changed me. Uh, it was, you know, I, I lived a pretty hard life um, as far as partying and that kind of stuff. And then I was clean for a long time. And then I had a lot go on and, you know, I blew 17 years of sobriety and I went back out hard and I slowly started to wean off. But then it got to a point where it was like, I don't, this isn't a life that I want. And when I go out with those people, they're still the, the 18, 27 year old emotionally doing the same thing. And I find myself completely bored. So I don't make appearances often. And I think they're happy about it too, because I look, I look kind of miserable when I'm there. You know, I, I love my old friends and we have, a you know, decades of history. We're just in different places at this point, to be honest with you, I have my two kids and maybe one or two people that I'm close with that I confide in. Right. And I would rather belong to myself than fit in where I don't belong. Yeah. And it, the loneliness was really hard. You know, I'm a complete codependent. Um, I need the mirroring of other people. So weaning off of that addiction was really yeah. hard and had to sit with that. I, I don't think there's any way, any other way I could do it. You know, when I first went to AA and I had my 17 years, I I moved far away from where I lived and I didn't have contact with those people for almost a decade until I felt strong enough to be around them. So part of the process is you're going to be alone and things are going to change. But the good news about that is the people that you do connect with, you can be open and honest and vulnerable with, and they have your back in a real genuine way, as opposed to, you know, he's suiting my needs because I don't want to be alone and I don't want to go out. I need a wingman, you know, whatever the case may be. So mm -hmm. everything has changed. And I find that I've, Honestly, I, I don't think I really like humans that much because there's only very few that I that I choose to spend time with. But it's really good time that I'm spending, even though it's not often. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, you know, that that is something very true for for myself as well. I have an incredible group of of friends and peer a peer group that's just amazing from around the world. I uh, did a lot of travels with Tony Robbins group and platinum and, and everything. And so I had a blast and it's when you're aligned and you find people that are aligned with your core values and vision and, and, and your life purpose, it's so different. They will hold you accountable oh, and yeah. call you on your stuff, but they mm -hmm. will also be there to give you a hand up when you need it. And it's appropriate, but they'll make sure that you are at a hundred percent and being your best personal self or they'll let you know. And so it's really different. And if you're listening in and you are in a, you're getting out of an addiction or trying to make a life change, that's going to be a tough thing. So finding a group, finding ways to connect with really healthy people is going to make a huge difference. I have a free, I have a free Facebook group uh, that people can connect to bootstraps and bra straps. And there's lots of other groups out there 
to connect with that are personal development, self-help that are free, and uh, that you can connect with people that are also working on themselves and, and going to the next level in their life. And that doesn't mean that we're leaving our friends forever like you, Joe. You went back when you're ready. And a lot of times I have found that we have to leave for a time, but that's because later we will lead and help those other people. They'll be like, hey, I want what you have. I want to get sober too, or I want I want to get my act together now. I want to like rebuild my life now. And how did you do it? And so that's, and it's going to, it's going to make a shift. You start modeling for other people just by being who you are and, and not following the pact and not trying to fit in. And, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, the shaming that guys do on each other when, you know, you're not yeah. <laughs> following the Neanderthal way of living, you know, it's hard to, to, uh, to push back against that. But you're right. Uh, having a support group. So it's kind of like weaning off of one as you're incorporating into something new. So if you start to find a good support group and a good group of people and you build a solid foundation, you'll start to wean off of the old life you have. You'll build your strength in the support group and then you can go back as you with boundaries and confidence and, and capability within yourself. If For me, I had to completely leave because I, I was I wasn't strong enough. I was not strong enough to put up with the shaming and the humiliation and, you know, just all, all of that pressure to be, you know, the drunk, the happy, you know, party guy. Like I just I, I had no interest in doing that at all. But that's how they know me. That's how they loved me. That's how we that was our connection. That's not me anymore. So we're going to either have to find a way to connect on some other level or I will just kind of watch from afar. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes. And I mean, I grew up, I, I had a very interesting youth and grew up homeless, 10 to 13 and a half, sleeping on the benches at the Troubadour in Hollywood and, and all, you know, I, I knew everybody. I, I knew a lot of famous people, but, you know, because I had to know people, I had to have a place to sleep <laughs> and, right. and I, you know, all this. And it, it taught me a lot. But that was one thing that I really never got into a lot because I had to have control over what I was doing mentally. So I really couldn't do a lot of drinking or drugs because I had to like feed myself and get clothes on my back. And I still went to school, (laughs) all these crazy things. And and so it was it was kind of a gift in that sense that I could see the other people that maybe they had a home life. And they didn't have the responsibility of caring for themselves, but so they could just, you know, do as extreme as they wanted to. And I could see the path they were going down. And I said, wow, I don't want to go down that path to that extreme because sometimes you never come back. And and so, yeah. And look at how far you've come from sleeping on benches, homeless, to yeah. having a family and a home and, and wrote a book and all the good work that you're doing. I mean, that is a success story right there. It's, yeah. it's, uh-huh. you could have went, you could have went the other way easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank God. Right. Right. And, and I think that that's, it's a choice and it's a really hard choice sometimes because there is so much pressure when you're young, especially so parents listening in, if you have to give your kids an opportunity transfer to a different school because it's that bad, you need to do that. Whatever it takes, if you need to move, 
it doesn't matter. Whatever you need to do, it's going to cost you less money. And it is going to be far better for your young adult or child to get help now than to wait. There's nothing worse than watching somebody go down from addiction and knowing that there's absolutely nothing you can do to stop it. It has to run its course and either they're going to continue down that hole or maybe one day that light bulb goes on and says, that's it. I've had enough of this living this way. I need to make a change. It is the most powerful, powerless thing I've, I can, I, I've ever experienced is watching just friends drink themselves to death. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, and incredible. A lot of people can hide that um, the drinking problem very well. Uh, I know some very, very successful functional alcoholic friends <laughs> that are, you know, they have so many DUIs, they can't drive anymore and have lost their licenses in other fields because of this um, alcoholism before they finally got help. And they had to be willing to get help because they were able to function. They weren't seeking the help. Some people have to hit the, a real hard bottom before they wake up. I mean, I, I think I hope I've hit my last bottom, but you know, you know, I hit one, and I was like, it was a wake up call, but it wasn't enough. I had to hit three more bottoms before I finally, finally got it. So you know, as as hard as it is, I mean, if a couple of DWIs don't do it, I don't know what's gonna gonna do it. You know. Right. Um, but everybody's path is different. Everybody's pain is different and their tolerance level and the bottoms are different. You know, you just hope that one day they get it and it clicks and they change the direction. Yes. Yeah, so it, it is really, there's so much pressure um, also with, with friends like that, that are functioning, bless them. But, but so it is best to remove yourself from those temptations. And that's whether you're like, okay, maybe you're just going on a new year's diet. You're not going to want to go out with the friends that are going to go to the fast food. If you're able to go out <laughs> with date or, you know, and go, or they're going to bring you a cake and, and a whole bunch to drink. And that's probably not going to work out very well for your new year's resolution plan to get rid of the COVID 20. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> so, no, it's so, it's so important to know who you are and what you want out of life. You know, it's so easy to go with the crowd. Everybody's going to the diner and you're eating cheeseburgers and fries with gravy and cheese at two o'clock in the morning. Or do I just go home and go to bed? I would always choose the diner because I didn't want to be alone and I didn't want the party to end. You know, as you as you get to know yourself and know what's important, you start to make better choices and what the rest of the people around you think starts to matter less. So the more you care about what you think of you, as opposed to what the others around you think to you, your life will change drastically when you make that change. And you'll have some peace. Because really, when you think about this life and this year, we've lost a lot of people, whether it's COVID or different situations. And, you know, it kind of is a wake up call to what really matters most. And you say, wait a minute, you know, in the long run, is pleasing my friends that maybe aren't aligned? Are they really even your friends? This year, you may have found out they're not even your friends unless you're drinking or unless you're eating cake or whatever it is. Uh, and, and so you're like, wait a minute, these aren't even aligned friends. 
And so maybe this is a good year to find people that are aligned. And when you're really solid on who you are, who you're being and all you're doing, what your values are, and you're in self-love, that's a, that's a really important part of it is the self-love and honoring your needs over everybody else's when it comes to these things, being able to set those boundaries and say no. So it's right. a big yes to yourself. Then you start attracting those healthy peers and friends that are going to be your lifelong real friends. Right. The ones that honor your decisions. You know, I don't want to go to the bar tonight. I don't want to go see this band tonight. I don't want to go skiing this weekend. Oh, come on. What do you mean? You always, gotta, you know, yeah. no, my real friends would be like, what's going on? You all right. Yeah. Instead of trying to shame me to get in a car to drive three hours to put two sticks on my feet. Like, <laughs> I just don't want to do it. What yeah. there's a, it, It's not more complicated than that. But so you, those are the people you're going to start gravitating to more who give you space to be you, who honor your, the boundaries that you set instead of trying to shame you into doing what they want so that they get what they want out of you. And I mean, it goes to the COVID um, universal pause, whatever you believe, whatever my, I have friends that believe all kinds of different things. <laughs> I mean, we're talking lizard people to, <laughs> you know, we, we, some very interesting things, all kinds of conspiracies and this and that, and, and vaccines, no vaccines, this and that. And I, I'm like, I'm honoring them where they're at, but mm -hmm. I'm really solid where I'm at and I'm not going to debate it. It's not about that. It's not about, you know, who's right and wrong. It's about really being able to honor your friends and say, okay, that's, that's where you're at. And sometimes they'll send messages. And I, I thought, oh my gosh, this is so overwhelming. They're sending me all these messages uh, you know, save yourself from the lizard people or whatever it is and, and <laughs> whatever the conspiracy is. And I thought, okay, where is that really coming from? They actually right. believe whatever that is, wear the mask, don't wear the mask, whatever it is. And they believe it's so much like a loving parent, like a best friend that they're like, Hey, I want you to be okay. I want you to be safe. This is what I believe. Quit, get your life jacket on for this. Right. And where is that coming from? That comes from love. Even though it's like, well, they're kind of off the rocker. That's not what I believe. That's okay. As long as you remember where it's coming from. You, you, I value people's opinions. Yes. I don't, I don't value when you try to make my opinion your opinion. Yes. That's you know, you that's know if you believe in, in the mask, if you don't believe in the mask, I, I know what I believe. I'm going to do what I do. I'm not going to criticize and shame you and make you right. believe what I believe. I don't have that kind of energy. How much time do you have in a day to start to convince the rest of the world to believe what you believe? Yeah. Why can't we just why can't we just be? Let people be themselves and let them figure it out because I think people are take people are so angry. They're taking stances and they're pushing their anger out there because they don't know how to deal with their own anger. Mm -hmm. So they're just finding somebody that doesn't align with them and they're going to town on them yes. violently. I mean, deal with your own anger. Don't put it on me. Don't use me as an outlet to get your negative feelings out of you. Just let me do my thing. I'm respectful. Exactly. <laughs> I do what I do the right thing. But if, if for me, if my right thing for you is wrong, then you're just going to have to deal with that. And right. I'm going to have to deal with it the other way. If I don't agree with you, I will quietly deal with it. 
Right. Yes. And I know Dr. Wayne had this saying, Dr. Wayne Dyer, he had a saying, if you squeeze an orange, you're going to get orange juice. So right now we're all being squeezed and what comes out of people is what's inside. And if they haven't done the work and dealt with the trauma, they're going to come out with, this is a crazy situation. And now they've got anger and they're forcing whatever they believe on everyone in, a, in an angry way or whatever it is. And so that's, that's where doing this kind of work is really going to help with that healing. We are responsible for our own emotions. If, you know, if I'm in a relationship and she just goes and goes away, mm-hmm. me being angry at heart just keeps me a victim. Yeah. Processing my hurt and where the abandonment issues that I have are and healing myself, that's where I need to be looking. I shouldn't be pointing a finger at somebody else. I mean, it wasn't a nice thing to do, but the more I put the focus on what she did versus on how I reacted, I will stay a victim my entire life until I take care of my own emotions. Exactly. And I know that for me, I, you know, I also got divorced. It was a very healthy thing to do. Um, we were in an arranged marriage that wasn't right. <laughs> we were just not aligned. Let's just put it that way. Never worked. He never worked. I, I did all the work and, and it just wasn't right. And it wasn't angry or anything. It just wasn't a right thing. But I had so many people come up to me. Okay. Now you got to get married. You got to find somebody. And I'm like, wait, to be happy. You got, you never be happy unless you find. And I'm like, it doesn't matter if it's a job, a relationship, a friendship, whatever it is, if you're not happy yourself, if you can't find happiness within yourself and you're going to go try to find some other human being to fulfill that happiness, that is never going to work out. Never, ever. I'm sorry. You've got to figure that out for yourself first and then you're happy and you attract more happy people (laughs) and you can have happiness together. That's awesome. But it's not coming from another person, place, or thing. Right. I mean, what are we taught? You, you go to school, you go to college, you get a career, you meet somebody, you get married, you have kids, you retire to Florida wearing sandals and black socks in July. You know, we're never taught to take care of our happiness, to follow your dream. It is all about money, feeding the system, getting ahead, crushing your competition, having bigger houses, better cars. There is no happiness in that. If, if you are not happy inside, nothing outside of you is going to make you happy. But we are taught that this is the way it is, that another human is going to give us something. I'm happy alone right now. Right. Leave me alone. I don't need to be set up. Like yep. uh, I'm perfectly capable of walking across a room and introducing myself. Right. I mean, I suck at it, but I could do it. Um, but people who don't like to be alone or can't be alone. You see, it's a mirror, right? So if I'm happy alone or if I appear unhappy alone, they can't see me alone either way because they can't be alone. So I'm reflecting something back to them that they don't want to see. So it's like, let's get him hooked up with somebody. So now we can go out as couples and I don't have to look at how happy he is by myself and I'm either miserable alone or with somebody, but he's happy either way. Yeah. Get him in a bad relationship, get him back to being codependent and get him back to hating himself so I can feel better about myself. Right, right. And they could go do whatever they want to do, but it, it is an individual thing. And and I, I really feel that that's true. When you're able to find that 
when you're happy either way and you're able to find happiness, whether you have a mansion or a shack, it doesn't, you know, when I was, when I lost my house, I found happiness. I was in a little 400 square foot prefab mobile home that I had made into uh, vacation rentals. And I was in the little, like, where you store the towels. (laughs) That's where I was staying. And you know what? I was able to find happiness and I got out of there really quick, obviously, but, (laughs) but it was, I was able to find peace and happiness. And I said, Oh, wow. I still own that. It's all perspective. You can look at it from a victim role, or you can start to empower yourself. We're just not taught to empower ourselves. We're not taught to be independent. We're taught to be codependent. We're taught that happiness is outside of ourselves. Getting out of the victim role, stop blaming and start empowering. That's the shift. It's so hard. It's so difficult. Nobody's talking about it. Nobody teaches it. And it goes against everything that we were raised to be. So -hmm. when you start doing it the other way, people are going to judge and shame you. And if you're not strong enough to handle it, and that's what you were saying before about getting away from your older crowd and finding a new place of support, you need people who have walked the, see, we all have the ability to heal ourselves. The only difference between somebody who's, we're just, somebody just started sooner. That's all. Or somebody's working a little bit harder. We're all on the same path. We want to get there. We just have no direction. So find the people that speak to you, find the people that are living a life that that's attractive to you and talk to them and confide in them, you know, try to build some trust and, and be able to communicate on a level that isn't about, you know, what's on Netflix tonight. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yes. Such a good conversation, Joe. And we are coming to the end of the hour. So I'd love for you to share how people can connect with you, to work with you, and um, do some of this work. Yes, that'd be Mostly great. Mostly everything's at my website, joeryan.com. Um, I'm on Instagram probably more than anything, at Joe Ryan. And the name of the podcast is It's Not You, It's Your Trauma. It's on Apple and Spotify and everywhere. But if you go to joeryan.com slash links, it has all my social, all the ways to contact me. Um, and you can find all the information there. Awesome. All right. Thank you. All right. Stay tuned. And we will be back after these messages. And now I have some homework for you. I would love for you to grab a copy of my new best-selling book, Bootstraps and Bra Straps, The Formula to Go from Rock Bottom Back into Action in Any Situation. It is now available on Audible as well as on Amazon and Kindle and at www.sheilamack.com.